Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Katherine Morrison. Katherine helps people who want to live interesting lives and do work that matters in the world. She is the CEO of Bohemian Boss Lady. She works as a coach helping employees ditch their nine to five by creating businesses that build a better world. Welcome, Katherine, to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to connect with you. Yes. So just so people can get to know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up, where you started out, and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think starting with where I am, like a woman on a career happiness rampage, it will all make sense when I kind of give you my quick backstory, which was that I was like a creative little kid. I was like a maker at heart. I was a writer. And I, you know, as... As we do, a lot of times, parents, society, whatever, from a totally, the fear-based place, but it is because they love us, they tell us, like, that's going to be tough, don't do that, like, you know, be practical. And so that was my path. So I was someone who I went into college as an English major, and I, um, totally from a place of just wanting the best for me, my parents really wanted me to do something more practical, so I switched to marketing. Um, and I feel like that was kind of the beginning of me just living against my soul's blueprint Mm -hmm. (laughs) or at least, I mean, like, and I don't think marketing is bad. I think it was just like, for me, it was like, I am such a mission driven, service driven person. And I started to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So I had a lot of belief systems that started to go haywire. Um, and so after, after college though, I did take a year and, hardest service girl, I went abroad and I lived in Namibia for a year as a volunteer teacher. And I think that for me, um, after coming back, I got into a career where I was in sales and business development for over a decade. And I always knew it was wrong because I had Namibia to look back on. Mm -hmm. And I had just been aware of like spending a year living in a village that like, we didn't even have running water half of the time, but I was just so in alignment and so like living by my core values so feeling of service to the community um that upon getting back it was the great recession (laughs) and i'm like i'm a new grad and i've got a year of like volunteer teaching experience in my resume um and we had moved to san francisco for my husband to go to to grad school so i was like well i guess i'll work in the tech industry like that seems easy Mm -hmm. And my dad had been a salesperson. So I was like, I was totally just not creative. And I was like, I've got to be practical and make money, which I feel like is just the mixtape that so many of us run on repeat for most of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that for, I mean, I don't know, close to a decade. I had my daughter. And I think after having children, I really started to look at like, who was I to tell my daughter to go after her dreams when I had completely abandoned mine? And so that seed sort of got planted. And then, you know, she was a few years old. She just kept getting bigger. And it was like, no matter how many raises I got, no matter how many like fun, happy hours there were, like at the root of it, I knew something was wrong. And so it was actually, um, it was during a, I guess we'll we'll start with like a a quick story because I think it's funny, but like I, my last job was selling custom software. Um, It was connected device work. And so this was a connected pet product. And I was sitting in this meeting with some of the smartest people you would ever know, behavioral researchers and, you know, technologists and just amazing people. 
and we were trying to figure out if we could build a device that could figure out how many times a day a dog defecated. <laughs> wow. Okay. Millions of dollars to see like how often this dog is pooping. And I'm like, is this really our life's work? Like I just kind of looked around the room and I just thought about for so many people, we end up just doing things because we can and not because we actually want to. And that was the moment for me. I was like, I'm out. Like I can't do it. Um, so sort of plotted. And then I, I started saving a ton of my money because I was like, okay, I've got this high income job. I'm just going to sock it away so that I can retire early because I'm so unhappy and I just need to do something to help people. And after, um, you know, saving most of my income, it just got to the point where I was like, well, maybe I should be a money coach because so much of what people think it is, people think that they can't do work they love because they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And I bought into that story too. So I started socking away the money and then I was like, well, what's a money coach? And then I came into coaching and I learned about coaching and I was like, oh, holy cow. Like the work that I do in coaching is like listening, like being so present with someone, listening to their values and motivations, where they want to go and why they're stuck and figuring out like the path in, in the middle. And in, a, in my business development role, I had done the same thing, but they weren't mission-driven companies and it was always just mapping the client to the sale. And in corporate America, of course, like ideally you have a win-win. But there's also a lot of companies where the culture is just like, get the sale. Mm -hmm. And that never felt good to me. And so for me to make that transition into coaching, which was having a person bring me their dream and me being able to help them figure out how to get there, I am so on fire about like, no matter what it is, like you can figure out a way to make a living from it. And that is like at the heart of the work that I do because... I mean, it's so often the pain that we go through ends up being the thing that is our medicine for the world. And that is a hundred percent what it is about for me. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you went from techie marketing person to back to your heart service. For sure. Back to my heart. Yeah. Service. And, um, how did you transition from that? So did you just, um, start the coaching while you were at your job or did you just use the money you saved and yeah so I had already saved up a good amount of money and I had started listening to just a couple different coaching podcasts and I it became very clear to me um I was pregnant with my third at the time and I was like I'm just I want to get trained as a coach so I went through training um and then I actually started the business before I formally had even finished the training program um but it, it was pretty much like when I saw it, it was just it, like it clicked. And sometimes that's the thing. Sometimes you have to like curiously pull at threads. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like, you know, I was just listening to different podcasts and finally it was like, no, this is it. And it clicked for me and, you know, off to the races from there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. And just starting out new, how did you go out and find your clients? Cause I'm actually working with a lady right now that she's like, you know, she's been in the actually coaching industry for years but she was working under another company who was getting her her clients. Yeah. Now she's having to get her own clients and she's just at a loss <laughs> and she's so good at what she does. Right. Well, it's interesting because I think that maybe for me, and this is why I also, I can see now why I had to go through all of the business training that I went through, because I think a lot of people, they decide that they want to do something in the world but they feel like they don't have that on the entrepreneurial chops. And those were never limiting beliefs for me. I definitely get hung up like 
we could talk about the Instagram algorithm. And I've had to, I just got coached today by my coach on that. Um, but I feel like when you are so on fire with your mission and you really ground yourself into what your mission is in the world, it, you can't not grow your business. And so, I mean, like if we were to talk about like a how, it's like clients, I have, I have a thought that sometimes serves me and sometimes doesn't, which is clients come from everywhere because they do. Like sometimes it's Instagram, sometimes it's a friend's referral. But I just think when you are like a beacon and you're shining your message on a hill, like they really will just come from everywhere. That is really awesome. That is awesome. It had kind of like an aha. <laughs> that was awesome. So I'm just curious about the name you chose, Bohemian Boss Lady. <laughs> yeah. I think for me it was, and I, I honestly, there are times when I think, because I was not spiritual at all when I started this journey, and I am increasingly becoming quite spiritual, because you can't coach a bunch of people on their life purpose and not see that like ev there's something divine in all of us. Yes. <laughs> Um, but it, I, uh, I almost think it was like, there's things that make sense in hindsight. Cause even at the time I was like, why did I pick that? Like, and my story that my rational mind came up with was that like, oh, I loved writing. And, but I was like this boss lady, like six figure earner in the tech industry, but now I'm coming back to being a writer. But I feel like it's so much richer than that. When I look at like the people that I'm able to coach it's either people who are like, they are traditionally like financially successful, like the, by the metrics of what society says right but they're not honoring their soul's blueprint like they're not honoring what they really feel like it's about for them like maybe they're an artist maybe they're a writer it's generally something creative i think we fundamentally are creators as humans mm -hmm. um and so it's like helping those people like embrace that about themselves but then what i didn't expect going the other way is creative people who feel so called to like serve in the world, but they don't have that, like the business chops, being able to help them get that discipline and be able to grow businesses so that they can actually get their message out into the world. And I think it's sort of, it's interesting because they are, they look very different on the surface, but I think at their core, they're the same people. They're just coming in from different angles, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. And, and I understand that. Um, when I had my therapy center for years, there's people that came in that I just wanted to help people so much, but there's just no way, you know, they were going to be able to do, do it. And, and I wanted to give things away just because I wanted to help, but that doesn't help a business at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think I end up coaching a lot and I think a lot of very heart centered, soul centered people, there's a lot of things that come up about like it to really serve. It means this. And there's a, in my opinion, a lot of limiting beliefs around money. And I, I guess like for me, what I really love is like, if I can teach someone to create money for themselves and be in service of the world for it and recognize that like, it's not like you're manipulating or tricking. It's just money is an exchange of energy in the world. Yeah. And if someone values your product, absolutely. Yeah. You should be rewarded for that. Like you shouldn't have to suffer in this world just because you're a helper. I, I agree. Yeah. So, and so, um, you talk a lot about systems. So how do you take this servant person who kind of wants to give everything away or how do you get them set up going from, you know, either working for someone else and all of a sudden working for themselves, there has to be some kind of system set up. 
Absolutely. And I, I think that the transition, because I do work with people who are um, either they are currently employees and they're scaling a side business or they made the jump to entrepreneurship and they're like, wait a second, I can't run this like I'm an employee. Mm -hmm. and if I were to say, I'm trying to think if I could like boil it down, I think one is like the relationship with money is very different because going in and getting a paycheck is very different than understanding that you use your mind to create value in the world. And then you accept money into your life for that. That's a very different exchange than I go to work, I clock in, I clock out, and this comes to me. And so it kind of bends people's brains when they begin to understand, like, I, like the more value I put into the world, if I am open to receiving, it really opens them up to the possibility of what their life can look like. Mm -hmm. As someone who is a servant to the world, but that doesn't need to come at a cost money-wise, I think another big one is relationship with, with time and the way that you're spending your time. Like I think for, because for me, I work with a lot of solopreneurs. So they're going off and they're doing something on their own and they're having to be both the CEO, like the visionary, but you're also working for yourself. And so almost like setting up this system where you understand you're two different people and you have time when you're working on the business and you're the CEO, but you also have a lot of time when you are your employee, right? Like you are the employee of yourself and you have to work in your business. And I think a lot of people, when they don't make that differentiation between the entrepreneur and the tactician, the one executing the work, you can get really mixed up in being in one or the other and you end up not being able to grow the business. Got it. So do you actually work with people as far as setting up a schedule during their day or say do blocks of time? If that's what they need. I mean, I, I think I'm a pretty stellar mindset coach. And so I can like, so, for instance, like some one person's growth over here might be being more disciplined, being more regimented. Like they might have a belief that I need to be free all the time to create. And so we've got to knock out some of those limiting beliefs so that like they think that being focused means that they aren't free, right? Whereas like someone over here might have their time block schedule like 30 minutes at a time and it's totally killing them. So it's being able to like look at what the person currently has set up and what their area for growth is and like what their, what result are they looking for and what's getting in their way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of um, sparked my thought of um so how do people choose the things that are going to be the most productive or the most um valuable for their time their use mm. of their time yeah well i mean i think it it also comes down to core values i think because of who i am in the world i end up attracting a lot of people that freedom is a core value fun is a core value and service is a core value so I think a very common question I would have for like an ideal client, which might be your listeners, is just like, if you were to sort of put it on a graph, what's the highest thing in terms of both impact and fun? Do that. Oh, I love that. I love that. So yeah, for me, it has to be fun or I don't, I don't do it. <laughs> if it's not fun, like why are we doing it? Like, I don't I do it. <laughs> When I first started the business, I was say I was like kind of white knuckling. I was like, wait a second, like the journey, it, like it's not like you get to some destination and it feels better. Mm -hmm. But we're kind of taught like happiness comes later. Yes, yes. Like, like get through the workday and then you have happy hour. Get That's through the exactly. 
Get through the work week and then you have the weekend. Get through like your entire career and then you have retirement. Like the, the underlying like thing that we're being taught is happiness comes later. Yes. And I don't think that serves us. No. Why can't it just be throughout the day? Yeah. Or along the journey. Absolutely. I found that when I get to the end of a goal, I mean, I'll celebrate, but then it's like I just set another goal. So I'm in the journey again. Exactly. So if it's not fun along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and you said something about um, people actually who are in their jobs, many people are disengaged. You'd given me a statistic on that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I will get on my soapbox. I will start screaming from the rooftops. Because when I recognized how unhappy I was, I thought it was just me. And I wanna scream it from the rooftops because the more people I coach, everyone thinks it's just them. And especially people who are like, maybe they have a life that looks good on the outside, but like they never ask themselves, what do I want for my life? They built someone else's dream. And then they get to the dream and they're like, wait, this isn't what I wanted. Like I thought this is like where I was supposed to be. And so often you see that in a career where someone ends up, I think the latest statistics, it's close to 70% of people, American employees are either like sleepwalking, like cognitively and emotionally disengaged or actively cognitively and emotionally disengaged, which means like they're so miserable. They're actually a problem at work. They're like trying to undermine things at work. And that like, that's almost 70% of American employees are, that's how they're living most of their life. Like we spend more time at work. If you're working 40 hours a week, then we're often seeing our families. Yeah. So it doesn't serve the person. It certainly doesn't serve the employer either. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think that is like the, the thing that I'm just like, we lose so much productivity. I don't know who set up the system, but I'm like, can we talk about the system? <laughs> because if we could just get to a place where people are doing work that they feel engaged by and that they love, everyone benefits. Mm -hmm. The system benefits nobody. I, I agree. And I, you know, a lot of that starts in, you know, school, you know, when we're children, it starts with the education system. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I think that that is like another thing that I, it's interesting how it was almost like one day it was like all the puzzle pieces like started to come together for me. But I was just thinking about how I was raised. And I think we all are in the school system of like answers are right or they're wrong. And so you get nervous like to raise your hand and get the answer wrong. Um, but I was also one of the smart kids, like the smart kids. And there are like statistics now about how the, the A kids work for the B kids. Like the A kids are taught to just be compliant. They're taught to just kind of follow directions. And so there's all this potential that ends up getting routed into old systems that don't serve us. And the crazy thing is that like that system doesn't make them happy, but they're the ones pushing the system forward. That makes sense. And I think people are just unconsciously doing that. Yeah. They're just unconsciously doing that. And I was thinking if those smart A students, if you will, actually were the ones being the entrepreneurs, just think how further ahead we'd all be because they'd be using their brains for thinking yeah. instead of complying or just following the rules or whatever it is. Yeah. And there's a great... Yeah, there's a great book on this by Carol Dweck called, I think it's called Growth Mindset, or maybe just Mindset. 
Um, but it's all about like the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. She's a, she's a psychologist out at Stanford. Um, and there's just study after study that just basically shows what we're talking about and how no matter what it is in your life, to have a growth mindset, to believe that you can get better it's just always going to serve you. And there's so many people when we come through the public education system, we end up with a fixed mindset where we believe like, oh, I'm like, I'm good at writing. I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. So like, I'm just, I can't ever do this thing. Like there's so many people that think that they're introverts and then we coach on it and they get to a point where they love networking. Like, it just, if there's something that you want to do in the world, like if you want to be an entrepreneur and it requires meeting people, there's nothing that you can't, like if you are open to the growth experience, there's nothing that you can't change about yourself. I, and I, I agree. I grew up a very shy child and I rarely talk and yeah. I just love people. So I can't help myself, <laughs> but go yeah. out and meet people. Right. Um, you know, so you, you overcome that, whatever that, pieces that when you were growing up you just overcome it when yeah. you get excited enough about something yes and i share it with people yeah just because it was true in the past why does it have to be true in the future mm -hmm. and i think that it's like we all look to the past to define what our future is and i'm just like why don't we just pick where we want to go in the future and start making decisions from that place it's not the natural state of the brain yes and your brain will re revolt a lot but that's why coaching tools are so powerful and it gets you where you want to go as opposed to just like taking little micro pivots from where you are that maybe you don't even want to be in the first place. That makes sense. Yeah. So when we're growing up, when we're in school, you know, they always ask us, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, you know, we think of, you know, a fireman or <laughs> yeah. we think of these professions. Right. So we're defining ourselves as our profession sometimes. But, you know, I mean, how does someone really find their life purpose? And is it something set in stone or do we have many life purposes? Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I love that you raised that point because people get so caught up. Oftentimes when they realize they're unhappy and it's like, what is my purpose? And it feels like this big, heavy duty that they just have to figure out. But it's like, fine, what if finding your purpose is just a fun adventure? And as long as you're like, you get down and you figure out like, what are my core values? Like what, what lights me up in the world? Like who knows? Right. Mm -hmm. And you just allow yourself to start curiously pulling at threads and where does, the, where does this thread lead and where does this thread lead? And, and I, it's sort of to our conversation a little bit ago about how like it is the journey. Right. And like, what if your life purpose, like it is like, and there's probably some things that are the same about it, like all along the path. But if you just go with what makes you feel good and what makes you feel alive, like you're going in the right direction. And I think another like quick tip for any listeners that might be at a place where they're not quite sure what they want to do is I, I talk about jobs the way that we say when we're little, like we want to be something. And as adults, we even have that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what we often do is we just take like the sort of, there's like a word cloud in our mind that we're not even aware of. And we package it up in a candy wrapper, right? So like maybe someone says, I want to be an astronaut. And that's the wrapper they put on it. But if I were to coach them on it, it's like, I actually, I love innovation. I love problem solving with teams. I love, you know, like, and there'd be like, like eight to 10 other qualities that just the only wrapper that they had their mind on was astronaut. 
mm-hmm. or what the things were that actually make them come alive. And so when you can deconstruct, let's just go with the candy bar analogy, right? Like mm-hmm. what's your caramel, what's your peanuts, what's your chocolate? Mm-hmm. Like break it down piece by piece. And I think this is fun too. Sometimes people have like six different jobs that they've considered and they look wildly different. But I guarantee if you do that exercise where you look at the different components, they're all the same. They just have very different wrappers on them. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't thought of it that way. So yeah. So instead of, and it takes a lot of pressure off when you don't have to label something. Yes. And, and, and just think about, you know, okay. I'm thinking about who I am. What is it that I like? You know, what makes me get into the zone? I don't have to be a label. Absolutely. I'm just like, feel free to borrow the thought. Like I'm on a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. Like this life is just a fun adventure. Whether you're like trying to uncover what your purpose is and you're doing the personal development work, you're playing with different things that you might do. I mean, whether it's like playing with your kids, like whatever it is, life is just a fun adventure. Yeah. And once you find your purpose, if you will, or you're at least going in the direction of the things that you love. Yeah. Um, talk about creating goals. I mean, should you just make a little goal that you know you can get or should you make these big goals? I, I mean, I think, I think again, it really depends on the person. Um, I think there's some people and really what, makes their soul happy. Like they could be in a cabin in the woods, just making canvases of art and they could live a very quiet, peaceful life. And that's, they're not hiding in the woods, right? I think that's the differentiation, right? When people do, when they sort of become hermits, right? When they, when they shrink back, when they recoil because they think they can't do it is very different than listening to yourself and honoring yourself. And there's so many people that really are like, I I had a woman that I was just coaching recently and I think because she's in this personal development world and she hears all these people like, we're going to have a million dollar business. We're going to have a million dollar business. And so she started to think it was like morally a problem that really when she was honest with herself, she wants a stone cottage in England and she wants to walk her dogs and she wants to be a clinical psychologist. (laughs) Right. And so it's just like that, then you should absolutely do that. I think for myself personally, like I'm, There were times when I worked that I was like, I just want to go move to the beach, but I am just a person that like, if I went to a beach within three days, I'd be like, how can we make the beach more efficient? Like, what can we add to the beach? Right? Like, that's just my personal nature. And so I, it's been interesting because as I graduated from coach training, I've really ramped up a lot more quickly than some of the other people that I went through training with. And I... I think for some people it's fear-based. They're scared to get started. And I think for other people, it's just like, we don't want a big, crazy business. Like I just want something like nice that provides a little bit. And and this feels good to me. And I think it's like just getting yourself to the point where you're making decisions, not from fear, but just honoring what feels good for you and what you want. Mm -hmm. And um, do you think that some people make goals because they think that's what they're supposed to do or what, um, you know, family, they want acceptance of someone, or they're, they're trying to prove something to themselves as opposed to just making a goal because it makes you happy? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that is like one of the huge differentiations that 
I think sometimes when people don't want to do something big from a fear-based place, like they think that it's going to take all of this work or, or do all these things, but it's like, if you're doing it because you think it makes you worthy as a person, which there's so many people, I had a client and she had three Ivy league degrees and she still didn't believe in her value because she would like, she was using outside things mm -hmm. to try to validate the fact that she had a right to exist in the world. And it's like, can we just all agree, all of us, whether you sit at home and watch Netflix or like whether you're out doing some mother Teresa, like we all have an equal right to exist in the world. We're all equally worthy. You don't have to do anything to prove your worthiness. And now if life is just a fun adventure, then what's your goal? Do you want it to be big? Do you want it to be little? And I think for a lot of people, they end up conflating those things. They think that they will not feel worthy or be worthy until they do certain things. So just switching gears a little bit, what gives you personally the most joy and happiness in your life? Mm, um, I have three children, which it's funny because I feel like I feel similarly about my babies and my business, which is like, it brings me the most joy and fulfillment you could possibly imagine. But it is also sometimes like, come on, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> but at the root of it, I would take the chaos every day over and over again. I have a daughter who's six, a son who's three, and a baby who's five months. So yeah, a lot. so a lot. it is a lot. And they keep you really, really busy yeah. <laughs> at that age. And I started, I started the business when I was pregnant and maybe this will help someone who's listening. But I think another thing that a lot of women sometimes have when they're starting to raise a family is they think that their business is at odds with the children. Mm -hmm. And a thought that I have come to accept in my life is like, oh, I have twins. I have my baby business and I have my baby <laughs> and I've got to feed both of them and I've got to nurture them and I've got to love on them. Mm -hmm. And nothing is at odds. It's just all one beautiful ecosystem. I love that. I love that. Because so many, especially women, feel like they have to choose. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And you really that's don't. not the case. And you really don't. And yeah. your kids will be better for it, too, because they see you demonstrating that powerful woman. Yeah. It has been, it has been so fun to watch the way they talk about like, mommy, are you going upstairs to coach? Like, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Like they play pretend that they're like a coach. It's just, <laughs> I love being able to like have a business that I'm running from the home and they see me doing it. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know. makes my heart happy. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, your business, what you offer, um, how you serve people. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm working specifically with employees who are currently employed in nine to five jobs. Oftentimes it's something that they don't really like, but sometimes it is just like, like a woman who um, does HR stuff as an employee currently, like working with her to just do corporate training separately as a consultant. Because for her, what building a better world means is like she actually enjoys what she does, but she wants the flexibility of having more time at home with her kids. Right? So it could be someone who wants to jump off from what they're doing and just build something as a solopreneur, as their own business, to just have income, to scratch that itch. We're creators, right? And so I think a lot of, some of us do love just being at home all the time with our kiddos, but some of us, that's not the case. And so honoring where you're at in that. Um, and then I think there's a lot of people that they are not, they are for sure, they know they're not on their life's path. 
And I think oftentimes because I work with so many people where freedom is a core value. And I also find a lot of, they're feral. I work with people who are like, they, they have ideas about like what could be done in the business. They have things, but they've just never opened their mind up to the fact that like they could be in that chair. They could be doing that. Um, and so just a lot of people as well who like, they work in finance, but they, they see how the system is not serving people currently and they want to run, they want to be like, you know, CFPs for people, but selling them products that serves them, not for the thing that they get the best kickback on where they put the person's investments. Like, I think it's just a lot of people who are in current systems, but recognize that what they want to do and how they want to honor and serve people is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I work with them to like, let's go, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I say that I work at the like intersection of profit and purpose. Mm-hmm. And I throw play in there too, because if it's not fun, it's not worth it. That's right. That is so right. Yeah. And um, is, is there a way someone could start out working with you or do you have an introductory offer? I, I work with people for six months. So I walk them through that transformation. And so a lot of times I love, it's so funny, but like when I work with employees, so often they're unhappy, but we start using their current job as a training ground. Like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you've got to be a leader. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to negotiate. So we start having them develop all those skills. Everybody gets promoted. I think there's maybe been like two clients I had that like didn't get promoted. And so it's, no one comes to me to get promoted, but it is just the natural progression of like, as we're training them to be the entrepreneur while they're currently at their job and they're building up their side business, they just become a different person. So it is like, it's just funny because people come and they don't like their job and then they end up liking it and getting promoted before they leave, which is the best place to leave from too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, anybody who wants to come, like you can shoot me a message on, I'm on Instagram, Facebook at Bohemian Boss Lady, or just Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N at bohemianbosslady.com. And we can get together and have a one hour consult where we dive deep into everything that's coming up, like where you are currently in your work, where you would like to be, and what is that in the middle. And you leave like understanding what the real problems are because oftentimes it's not what we think it is and then if coaching is something that would benefit you then we would talk about what that would look like moving forward awesome so any other um words of wisdom or advice about just living an amazing life and enjoying your life and having fun Mm. You know, what just came to mind, although I don't know it's about like, well, I think it is necessarily about having fun. I think another thing that I just have increasingly noticed in working with people is that we end up repressing pieces of ourselves that we think like will not be accepted or it's like paradoxical. So for me, I'm like a, I'm a quirky weirdo, but I'm also, I love business. And so for a while I was like, I have to be serious. I'm a business coach. (laughs) And the more I just explored that, I'm like, it is our unique, I call it our personal alchemy, but it's literally what makes money. It's like, there's only one you in the world. And so when people stop thinking that they have to put themselves, like we were talking about boxes, when you really get down to the core of like who you are and what makes you unique in the world and you just are that, you have no competition. I love that. No competition. Yeah. So just everybody be you. Embrace your weird if you've got it. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Catherine, and for, you know, all you do and all you give to people in your service. And I 
I just really appreciate you. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure to connect with you, Kim. Thank you.